The Goal Radio Football Show. And Celtic tonight moved to within three points of Rangers at the top of the Premiership. Or will St Mirren get the better of their keeper crisis and shock the champions? We'll look ahead to tonight's big match in Paisley. And tomorrow's Europa League action as well for Rangers, Motherwell and Aberdeen. Lots to come in the course of the next couple of hours on the Go Radio Football Show. And our guests include uh, former Rangers fullback Arthur Newman. What a player he was. And uh, Celtic's Frank McAvenny uh, will be talking to us as well ahead of uh, that game in Paisley tonight. And, uh, well, it must be a big night because Barry Ferguson and Cy Ferry are both here with me, Rob McLean, between now and seven o'clock. And I think the first thing to say is, Cy Ferry, what about those flip-flops? Oh, feeling at home now, isn't it? I've got the flip-flops on. I'll tell you why, Rob, because we played Dundee last night and I was outstanding, so my boots were on fire last night, so my feet have swelled up a bit, so I've got the flip-flops And on. like your boots, were you on fire last night? I was. I was I, I was tremendous, eh? Actually, Rowan, but I was like a young Barry Ferguson, there you go. <laughs> Honestly. That good. I was that good. Uh, boys done really well. Actually, do you know big Gary McKenzie was at St. Mum? Big guys tells it like it is and he's funny. He's done a bit of coaching us now. He's only came in after the game he went... Dearie me, lads, I thought you were going to be hopeless, eh? But he's actually all right. So there you go. Gary McKenzie thinks we're all right. He played in the SPL He's a good signing year. for you. Good signing for us. He's played at a, a good level. How was he not playing last night? Oh, the big man does what he likes. He says he was feeling a bit tight. <laughs> he's at it, isn't he? He's always been He only tight. plays when there's three points at stake, he says. <laughs> but he's some man. But not. Uh, Dundee were decent. But um, No but, any sign of Charlie Adam? Charlie Adams was there. Supposedly he was in at half-time, gaining the boys a bit. So he's certainly no shy, big Charlie. Um, what do you make of that signing? Good signing. I think he'll stroll it in the championship, won't he? My only See, worry I, I, would, uh-huh. I, I don't think it'll be as easy as that in the championship. I think he'll get a bit of shock, won't he? How quick the game is in the championship. Yeah, obviously, he's played at a good level. People will be desperate to do well against them. Um, it'll not be, be easy for him. Um, going to places that, you know, it's like when the season gets underway, pitches become bobbly. They're not like doing in England that... Like bowling greens. Yeah. Um. I think you'll find it tough. Listen, there's there's no doubt he's got quality, but I think you'll find it tough in the championship. A lot of people will see that as a really big, significant signing in terms of Dundee having a go at Hearts. You know, who are the obvious rivals for promotion? I always say to like for me in football, you can be as good as you like between the, the two boxes. You know, where Dundee lack for me is as strikers and centre halves. The most important positions on the pitch for me, you know. I think if you look at like Barry says a midfielder, Dorans, Adams, and McGowan, it's it's impressive on paper. But as Barry says in their leagues, you know, there's a lot of running. There's a lot of running need to be done. I don't know who's going to be doing the running out of the three, to be honest with you. But um, a who, lot of who was up top for them? The boy that signed for St. Man. It was at St. Man last year. Right, Hemans. Right. Hemans will be a big miss. Yeah. And that's it. That's what that's you're thinking. Who's going to score the goals? Is that the boy whose name you've forgotten? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Starts with Z. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> I always say to it, like, if you've not got a goal scorer that can score you 20, 25 goals, then I, I kind of see you winning leagues. You know, is Hearts he... have got two guys that can do that in Boyce and Naismith. Is he in the eight to Z of football? Yeah. <laughs> Stop near, asking near me about this guy. I forgot yeah. his name. <laughs> Are you going to be probing Barry again in the course of the, the show oh. to try and get some uh, tactical uh, uh, info out of Kelty Hearts? Because we should say that anyone who, who doesn't know the story, uh, you two, uh, Peter Head and Kelty Hearts, have been drawn together in the group section yeah. of the League Cup. And, and, and he's kind of constantly looking over your shoulder, Barry, isn't he? Trying to get little hints and clues. Every time we come in, uh, we come in 45 <laughs> minutes before the show starts, and he's asking me, well, what, what for me? Did you play 
Was it a four four two? Was it a three five two? So I, I'm not I'm not giving him anything. Are you just, are you are you quite cleverly giving him information that he thinks is right and you know isn't uh, right? Listen, he may look daft, but he's not daft. <laughs> he knows what he's he's speaking about. But listen, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Peterhead. I've got some good players. We've got some good players. I think it'll be a, a right good game. Plus, we've signed three ex Peterhead players as well. So could be a bit naughty. That'll add a, a wee bit of spice to the game, but no, I'm looking forward to it. I need to, to tell you, see if you want to, if you want to see Barry Ferguson, what, what he's all about. Watch the highlights of Kelty versus Tynecastle. I think they're 5-0 up. They just score to make it 5-0, and he's screaming at Dylan Easton. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I could hear him. I was killing myself laughing, man. Yeah, listen, it's about standards. Yeah. Look, look, I don't care if you're 4-5-6-0 up. I still want them uh, showing the same desire and attitude as they were 1-0 up, so... I don't let them away with much, Rob. I know that because I was at one of your games last season because the BBC did the uh, Kelty against Auckland Talbot oh, that was game a bad night. Uh, live in the tele. I know it was, a, it was a bad night for you, but I tell you what, you and Bob Malcolm are still a formidable force in the technical area. What a racket! Yeah, listen, uh, it's the way I'm at. The, the boys will say like, off the pitch um, before training starts or before a game starts. My door's always open. I'm I'm there to help them whatever way. But once that game starts. It's the way I was as a player, mm. Rob. I take it serious. Yeah. I think that's the way you should be, whether it's at amateur level, junior level, part time level. That means sire or full time. I think you should, you should always treat it the same way. Did the subs not get annoyed though that Bob takes up three seats in the dugout now? <laughs> <laughs> three. <laughs> social distancing him? as well. <laughs> exactly. Have you seen him since he's come back off lockdown? No, how's he looking? He's about four seats he takes up, <laughs> and four or five. Oh, what a man though. Oh wait, oh wait. <laughs> did you, did you <laughs> notice that little man. pause there? Did you notice that pause? The pause was for effect uh, and also because I didn't know what I was going to say next. But 0808 17 17 700 is the phone number. Give us a call, have a chat with uh, Barry and Sai, ask them a question, make your point, get your opinion across. What's on your mind at the moment? Text go on your message to 87474 and on the socials it's at Go Football Show. We're going to be talking about that match tonight. Of course, the big match in Paisley, St. Mirren against Celtic. We'll hear from Frank McAvenny on that. We'll hear later uh, from Arthur Newman as well. So if you've got questions for either of them, fire those in as well. It's Lincoln Red Imps against Rangers tomorrow afternoon. And in the evening, Aberdeen and Norway to play Viking and Motherwell are in Northern Ireland to play Coleraine. But just for the moment, let, let's talk about the League Cup on a more, on a more serious level. And I'm just wondering, Barry, whether we're heading for big problems because of COVID with the League Cup, with Premiership teams mm-hmm. in against lower league teams in those group sections um, and how the whole testing thing is going to work and whether clubs can actually ultimately afford it. What yeah, do you reckon? What's happening? It's going to be a difficult one, Rob. Obviously, there'll, there'll be a decision coming out with the SPFL on Friday. Um, regarding us and Peterhead, obviously we're in the same group, but we're in a group with two Premier League teams. St Johnson and Dundee United who are doing testing every, uh, twice a week um, for us we're doing the, the temperature gauge um, obviously making sure the guys are wearing masks coming in social distance doing all the, the correct sanitising stuff but if we are asked to um, go and test the players twice a week I, I'll be honest we are, we're at a limit in terms of mm-hmm. our budget the money's very tight obviously with no football for six months, no fans been allowed through the door. So um, we, we have, us as a club, I've got a big decision to make whether we can, if you ask my honest opinion, I don't think we, we would be able to afford um, the testing. 
Yeah, and presumably lots of other clubs like Peterhead might be in the same boat, Si. Yeah, we're panicking. We had a meeting, myself, the manager, coaching staff and the chairman and we're worried, you know, I think we're not about getting any money coming in the door. We rely a lot on match day and the, the revenue that we get and we're not getting that just now but I think there was talk of us going to Parrick Thistle. Did you just get that? Maybe going to Parrick Thistle or a, or a championship or an SPL club. Mm-hmm. You go there twice a week to get tested. Yeah, well, there's been that's been mentioned but we just need to wait and see but financially we'll struggle to do it mm. but I mean as a club that's the first time we've qualified for the Betfred Cup and I, I feel I feel sorry for the players because it's a big opportunity for them to go and test themselves against the elite in Scottish in Scottish football but listen health comes first I understand uh, where Dundee United and St Johnson are coming from they're obviously testing twice a week and they don't know what to put their players in jeopardy coming to play against us who are not doing the, the same sort of testing so I hope that in time they come up with some sort of solution maybe we let, came up with a great plan though didn't you? yeah let give them all a buy into the next the, round the, 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 the Premier League yeah, yeah. and let all the guys who are doing the same um rules and regulations and the same protocols play against each other um, I think that's a sensible way because it is a lot of money to, to the SPFL as well from Betfred and I think Premier Sports yeah, they, they, they want to play it they, they want to get yeah, that they money they need the money Rob yeah. they need the money um, and, and I totally get that as well and I totally get that health comes first that, that's no doubt as I says but as a club and I'm sure Sai will, will speak for Peter Head we try and do everything properly and and do everything right by the guidelines that we are given um, but in terms of testing we, we're really stretched at this moment in time I mean this was always coming up on the stand side as, as yeah. a problem wasn't it for the Scottish Cup's going to be an issue but but maybe that little bit further down the line with the, when the Scottish Cup comes around because we've still got to finish off last season's Scottish Cup um, it, it's the League Cup that, that is the issue with, with teams from, from different leagues getting together and, and that prospect of maybe fast-tracking the Premiership teams onward and, and letting the lower league teams play each other is that an answer but as with most things surrounding COVID and football at the moment, there is no easy or obvious answer. No, nah, it was so strange last night. So that was our first game back. Obviously, we've played Dundee at Dens. but to go through a different door for, for the Dundee boys, one by one, two metres apart, temperature taken as you went in. It took us about 30 minutes to get into Dens. You know, by the time we got our old team in, we had to get changed two metres apart in the canteen. Um, and then they showers after the game. You know, you know to shower. So you're going home after the game, absolutely stinking. Um and it's just a strange time, have you, isn't have it? Have you watched since? Uh, <laughs> no, actually, I haven't. <laughs> um, just strange times. It, it's totally strange. But I, I agree with Barry. I think you know. I think most lower league clubs would be happy to give the Premier League clubs a buy. You know, it's us, Kelly and Breakin in a league. We could play each other in a kind of mini tournament to see who goes through. I think if you asked your manager that, he'd be completely fine with that. I think Breakin would be the same. And as Barry said, he'd be fine with it. So. One thing we can't have is it stopping again, especially the Premier League, you know, with the sky money and stuff like that. So whatever needs to be done, some of us just need to accept the circumstances. We just want to get football yeah. back playing and certainly from Championship down, it doesn't start back to mid-October. So we don't want to see this Betfred Cup disappear. We're all desperate to play in it and I think that's the, the best solution. Hopefully that they bang their heads together and they come up with a solution that we can play um, each other the, the, the teams at part time level who are all doing the same protocols and it gives us a chance to get back and playing and hopefully maybe getting into the next round because um, Cove, Cove and your league are testing which is going to kill us again for the league because Cove yep. are testing because they can afford to test yeah. they've got a lot of money but other than um, 
Falkirk and maybe Patrick Thistle. I can't see any other team in League One being able to test. So yes. then what happens? It's where the, the inequalities of Scottish yeah. football come through again, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. So and you, you just scary. seen at Annan what happened? Four players from Annan get tested uh, positive yesterday, and and that's a worry because a lot of the boys maybe car share coming yeah. they save a bit of money. So it's worrying times, but hopefully they come up with some sort of solution on Friday because we're we're desperate just to be involved in it. Even if, as as Sai mentioned, if it needs to just be us, Peterhead and and Breton playing in a mini tournament may as well just leave Breton out because we'll both beat them <laughs> just let try, uh, try telling Simon Donnelly that <laughs> uh, just let the Premier League clubs go and uh, go on and um, we can get back playing football at some sort of level I mean I look forward to doing one of these football shows and we don't mention Covid yeah. at all in the two hours but that won't be happening anytime soon and I mean you've been wrapped up in it all day long Barry you've been on the phone to your general manager uh, at a time when you want to be concentrating on the players and football getting back started getting into things again but there's so much swirling around yeah, just as I mean, we had a, a friendly game last night and the amount of things as I says I'm bringing the players in as late as possible Normally I would bring them in an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes before the game, but obviously they've got to get tested, so they'll, they'll come in in certain times, so it's, it flows easier. I don't want them all turning up at the yeah. same time with temperature testing, and obviously they've got the masks on, social distancing, and making sure everything's sanitised. So it's a, a lot of work that we've put in, not just us, I think all teams at, mm. at part-time level have put a hell of a lot of work in to try and get football back, uh, back playing. It's not even that, it's the cost for part-time players as well. So because we can't all get the money bus now, everyone's got to take their cars up to to, to Dens. That's petrol money, you know. Yeah. It might not sound a lot, but you've that, got that guys... That all mounts up, doesn't it? Of course it? it does. And you've got guys who have not got jobs and their, their part-time wages are the only wages that they're getting. And if you're spending 20, 30 quid a week on your petrol, then you know, your wages have, some of your wages gone. And it's it's tough. It's tough times for part-time. But I don't think part-time teams get thought of enough, to be honest, in Scotland. So a big story developing in terms of the League Cup. Keep an eye on that one in the in the coming days. But let's talk about football. Let's talk about uh, tonight's match. St Mirren against Celtic in the Scottish Premiership. Let's talk about those three European ties uh, tomorrow night as well. We're going to hear in the course of the show, we'll hear from Stephen Gerrard about that Lincoln Red Imps match. John McLaughlin, the goalkeeper, as well. Uh, we're going to be hearing from Keith Lasley, the Motherwell assistant manager. And uh, he's talking about the man we had on the show show last night Alan Campbell among other things he was great on the show last night and what a start to the season he is having but let's uh, kick off with uh, tonight's match get some brief thoughts on that at this stage Frank McAvenny will be joining us in a little while but let's hear from uh, Jim Goodwin firstly of St Mirren about the prospect of facing Celtic tonight Obviously, we're massive underdogs. That pressure is always on Celtic and Rangers, you know, and even more so now with Celtic. There's even more pressure on them because you know the, the fans aren't satisfied with the nine in a row. You know, they want ten in a row, and they expect their team to come to Paisley tomorrow night and to roll us over. And we've got to use that to our advantage. Jim on the Zoom. Uh, quality wasn't all it might have been, but I'm sure you got the point there that uh, St Mirren go into this for all sorts of reasons as underdogs. But uh, Neil Lennon will be giving St Mirren plenty of respect. And we've always found it pretty pretty tough to, to play there. It's a tight, tight pitch and uh, yeah, we, we got a positive result on, on Boxing Day last year. But I'm just looking for us to build on you know, a very good win at the weekend, uh, better levels of performance from us. But we're excited about the games coming up now. Talking about uh, the respect he gives St Mirren, obviously you have to do that, uh, whatever the circumstances are, Si, going into a, a game. Talking about the tight pitch in Paisley, is that a factor? 
is. <clears throat> I was saying to Barry before the game and you as well, uh, before the radio tonight, I didn't enjoy playing at St Man's pitch. It is tight. You know, the dressing rooms are okay. Um, but no lot of atmosphere. I know there's no fans there now, but I just never, it was just never a pitch that you go and you can play nice football on. You know, even when I do watch Celtic and Rangers on, uh, on that pitch, they come out with victories, but it's never free-flowing. You know, I think especially Jim Goodwin's team make it hard for you. One thing that Celtic have kind of struggled with this year, Dundee United, you think back, is that team that's sitting. And, and I think St Myrna are one of the best at doing it. I think at the weekend they try to have a go at Hibs, and that's probably why they got beat 3-0. But I think games like tonight really suit a Jim Goodwin team. I know Barry thinks it'll be quite easy for Celtic, but I can't see it. I think it'll be tough. I think it'll be really hard. To, it'll, it'll take a lot to break them down. If Celtic didn't score early, I think it could be a long night for them. Is the pitch any smaller than any other pitches do, do Simmeron keep it as as tight as they can in terms of size of pitch or is it the fact that the stands are close in that it's all a bit confined yeah they, they probably would use that at their advantage it is a bit tighter if you you listen to players after they play at um, St Murn's pitch they do tend to say that it is a tighter pitch and when Celtic play at home or Rangers play at home for instance they always water it I don't think St Murn will water it it will be dry uh, tonight so all these things hamper, hamper Celtic, but I'm looking at that result for Celtic at the weekend. First half, they weren't great. Second half, they started to motor, motor a bit, play like they, they did um, last season. So that's why I, I, I think they'll go there with, with confidence. It's going to be hard. Jim will make it hard for Celtic, there's no doubt about it. But I just looked through that Celtic team that started up at Ross County, there's far too much quality in it for me. Um, and I think it'll not be an easy night, but I think they'll win convincingly. I think psychologically too, Si, the fact that uh, they weren't at their best all through that game on Saturday in, in Dingwall County hit the post a couple of times. It could have gone differently, yeah. but it ends up a 5-0 drubbing. And that's what Celtic do. That's what they've done the past three years, you know, where Rangers haven't, is when they aren't playing well, uh, they grind out victories. And I think that's a worrying thing for the other teams that Celtic have not top form for me. You know, I've not watched Celtic once this year and thought, wow, what a performance that is. I think there's still miles to go in Celtic. Um, but as you say, Rob, they grind out victories. And I think in both boxes now, the signings that they've made have been massive in Shane Duffy and Ajeti. I mean, you're not happy with 5-0. Yeah. yeah. You've not played well. You've just won 5-0. That, that tells you there's... That's a scary thing, <laughs> isn't it? It is. Um, and listen, they're used, to, they're used to teams sitting in against them. So, uh, Celtic. And as I just said, I just think with the formation change as well, with 3-5-2... It really suits Celtic and the, the personnel they've got and that's why I, I see them going there and, and winning convincingly. We're going to hear shortly in the next few minutes from Frank McAvenny. Later on the show, it's going to be Arthur Newman. If you want to fire in a question for either of those or for Barry or for Cy, then please do. It's 0808 17 17 700. The Bull Radio Football Show. Thanks, Chris. And you're back with us on the Go Radio Football Show. What do you reckon then? Tonight's match in Paisley, St. Mirren against Celtic. How is it going to go? Is it another three points for Celtic? Do they move to within three of Rangers at the top of the Premiership? And what of Stephen Gerrard and his team? They're in Gibraltar. Uh, they're on the luxury yacht, by the looks of it, uh, off Gibraltar, preparing for that game against Lincoln Red Imps, who, of course, beat Celtic in Brendan Rodgers' first game in charge. That's tomorrow afternoon, and it's full. 
followed by Motherwell and Aberdeen in European action as well. Aberdeen in Norway to play Viking and uh, Motherwell are away to Coleraine who beat Maribor in the last round of those Europa League qualifiers so it might not be entirely straightforward. We'll hear uh, later on in the show from the Motherwell assistant manager Keith Lasley. But uh, right now on the show we're going to head for Paisley uh, ahead of that St Mirren Celtic game and here from a man who played with both those teams with distinction, Frank McAvenny. Hi, Frank. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good, right, mate. Are you? How's how's your how's your pre-match ritual going? Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see Ali. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> what a man! <laughs> could could Celtic uh, have difficulties tonight? Do you think, Frank? I mean, we were just speaking before the break. Um, Sai was talking about oh. the the tightness of the pitch in Paisley and how St Mirren can make life difficult for Celtic tonight. Do you well, see I, it? I think I, I think there could be a, not not a shock. I mean, Celtic when Celtic are on fire, I, I don't see many stopping them. But I think they can make it hard for them. Um, I was speaking to Tony Fitz and he was saying the game at the weekend I thought Hibs were the start they've had but he says that it was St Mun were playing, played so bad that it, that's why Hibs won 3 nothing. and it was and I'm thinking well if they're playing well they're probably playing well just let three goals and didn't take their chances more and sometimes that can happen so they'll be they'll be working on just stopping Celtic but it depends on what Lenny does whether he plays you know two up front one up front none up front <laughs> he plays, I don't know how many he's going to play so it depends on it, and as you say, tight pitch. You know anything can happen, but I, I, you know I, I love Simon, but I think Celtic's going to run out. The only thing tighter than that pitch, Frank, is Derek Ferguson on a night out. <laughs> is he that bad? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's bring him up to the bar, mate. He's never put his hand in his pocket yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> so are you suggesting that it doesn't run in the family? Oh buddy? no way, no way. <laughs> Frank knows Derek's what I'm like. Derek's I know Derek's the only one that can go into a pub first and he's always at the back when you're at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> he's got some footwork, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Barry's all right. He's all right. Tells, man. Tells a different character. <laughs> so so uh, Celtic... I think it's going to... To be back to the game, I think Rob is going to be... I think it's going to be a tight game, but, uh, you know, Celtic are fun. They've got that much firepower. They've got that many people that can score goals. The biggest heart, the biggest headache for for Neil Lennon, the manager is who does he play? Mm. Because he's got he's got some wonderful array of talent there, you know. And and um, they're just they're getting the, the midfield. I mean, you've got you've got world class players, and when the world class players, you get superstars in there. That's you know that, that are really good players, um, and yeah. they'll, they'll tear anyone apart. So and he can mix and match it. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. To be honest, we have seen some men. I seen them at Hamilton. Second half, they were all right, but uh, first half they, they were non-show. But uh, I'm looking forward to it tonight because I've, I've not seen Celtic get up, you know, live in person. If you like, Frank, the last time we spoke to you on the show, um, mm-hmm. I think you were a tad underwhelmed. We'd probably say about the prospective signing as it was at that stage of Albion. Ayeti, he's done okay, hasn't he? Well, he's, he's done all right. He's done. He's done. No, you know, I was talking to somebody. Yeah, but he looked unfit. You know, you've got to say, but it's not the boys. It might not be the boys' fault. Sometimes it's hard to get so home. You've only played so many games in 18 months. Um, so he's done, he's done all right, but he's a poacher at the moment. When I come up for, I mean, I remember Bob Neil saying to me, Rob, when I come up for, for West Ham, he says, you're not fat enough. I thought, what, I just got 28 goals the season before. And he says, you're not fat enough. And I was like, oh, I didn't understand what he meant. It's different, it's different culture in Scotland. You've got to be sharp because people want to... You know, that's a bit more physical if you like, and uh, and the boys, the boy will get fitter every every week it goes by. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing them. 
We were talking about it. The boy scored twenty odd goals a season for a couple of seasons in Switzerland. It's not a yeah. bad week. I, th- I think he sa- I think he says it himself as well, doesn't he? He, sa- he says yeah. that he needs games and he needs to get the sharpness back. But it, but it's not but it's not bad when you're when you're trying to get that f- that sharpness yeah, that you're actually goals. banging in goals and and it and you must you must be enjoying his finishing as well because it, it well, a, lot, a lot of it's just instinctive finishing, isn't it? Well, he's he's, he's like a, you know like a Tony Cotty when I played with Tony, he was just a poacher. Andy Walker was the same, you know. Didn't want to get involved in the game basically, but he'll, he'll, you know you beat three players and go put it in, he'll tap it in the goal line. And that's the kind of player that Andy Walker was, but it's one of them, you know. He's one of them. So that one at the weekend was just a, he's the right place. Barry will tell you, Alan McCoy was the same. He was just a, a finisher, you know. That's why you can, you know, the keeper drops the ball and you're there. That's that's an instinct that you kind of teach up. And uh, so, so hopefully the boys got that instinct. And then let's Edward if he's playing with Edward. Edward likes to come in into the number ten position and play about. So let's him, you know, run it. But then we've got Kamara who keeps, he's not going away, <laughs> you know, he keeps scoring goals as well, so he's not going away, so it's a good, it's a good headache for Neil Lennon, and, and obviously if, if Griff comes back, that's four, four really good strikers they've got to choose from, so that makes for a good season, I think. Frank, it's Si, all right, mate? Hi, Si, how you doing, sir? I'm good, you're all back right? soon, you're back in the Coupon Show, so I can't I wait know. to see you. Good I know, man. I've got a right coupon for it. <laughs> uh, you said you were speaking to Tony Fitzpatrick. Did he ask you, yes. to, play, did he ask you to play in goals? He didn't, aye, he's one of these I think we've got some of them now. They've, uh, they've got, got the hearts keeper. Bobby's Lamal. I'll, 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 I'll tell you what Tony says, but you have <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the game should have went ahead at the weekend, Frank? Nah, listen, it was, it was one of them. I think I was saying that to Tony, and he didn't, he didn't play any care. The team were bad. I mean, Ali, I don't know if Ali was there, but the team were terrible, apparently. And they didn't didn't get any, they didn't give, you know, Hibs any kind of challenge or anything. So um, you've got to say, they'll be up for this one. I mean, I played with them for five years, and I know what it's like when you come up against Celtic Rangers, you know. But we, we were all right, we were a decent team when I played with them. So I'm hoping that these boys can. Can put on a show and it'll be a good game tonight. That's what I'm hoping for. Does Tony still think they can finish top six, Frank, or is he? Has he gave up bad dream? <laughs> do, do you know what everyone thought, Tony? I know, I know what he meant because yeah. it's like you know that you get motherwolves coming up and Hibs are doing great now. You know, you wouldn't have put them anywhere near. I'm just thinking, you know, I, I know what he meant because we got into Europe every year when we were playing. Yeah. So I, I, he's, he's wanting that back. There's nothing wrong yeah. with wishing and hoping and. You know, and, and that's where he sees it. So I think that, I think they can do it. And they've got a good support that will get behind them if they're winning games. So and actually, Frank, yeah. when, when you look at the league table, I mean, it's starting to split up at the moment into a top four and a bottom eight. And and that bottom eight, there's very little between them in terms of points. Yeah. Well, every one of them can take points off each other, and that's you know that's what you're hoping. We were when we played, we were, we were taking points off most of them around about us, which we, we slipped up when it came to you know, Celtic Rangers. On a lot of occasions, but uh, you know, it was just—it was good fun to play and win every game. I won most games when you're playing away and playing at home. We done all right when we played, but this team—I don't know if they can—they can hurt Celtic tonight. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that they do all right. You know, I'm hoping they put up a, a fight at least, um, and we'll see what see what happens. Frank Edward up front. He look—he looks a ha- more happier player when he's got a partner up there, doesn't he? Aye. Well, I was talking. Um, I think everyone will agree when him and Griff were up front. The mm-hmm. two of them, were, they were doing stepovers and all that, Barry. It was brilliant to watch. You know, they were getting a really good um, sort of understanding of each other. But, uh, you know, I don't know what, what he's going to be like with, with a jetty, but I don't, the, the boy will tell you he's not fit enough yet. He needs, doesn't matter how much, how hard you train, as you know, Barry, but 
you've got to get match games. You've got to get games in, or game time, whatever they call it now. So um, the more games he gets, if he plays the night, it'll be a good running for him. Um, I, I don't know what Lenny's going to do, whether he's going to play Turnbull or not. I think we need to give him games as well. So it's going to be interesting to see who, who comes up against the man. The man, you know, they, they're picking their own team, really. And there's a couple of boys coming back for injuries, apparently, Tony was telling me. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. At least, oh, Bobby's, at least Bobby's Lamals had more than five minutes to prepare for this one because it was all a bit rushed, wasn't it, for the weekend? Yeah, yeah. Oh, listen, I'm, I'm, you know, you can't, you can't blame a keeper. It's, well, you can, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, the morning you only, only had an hour to prepare, but you used to come for night two straight to games five minutes before a kick-off, well, didn't I, you? I was, I was used to, I was a professional side. <laughs> <laughs> a professional clubber. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> There's only so many people can do that, you know, <laughs> and I've met them all. <laughs> Brilliant, mate. But you would imagine, you would imagine Celtic tonight have got the bit between their teeth, haven't they? They're looking at that yeah. table. They're looking at what can happen between now and the weekend. There, there's a possibility if they can win both games, they could be ahead of Rangers by the time uh, Stephen Gerrard's team plays at the weekend I mean that that's a massive incentive when you think about how disrupted Celtic's start to the season has been. Well, of course, you know, it's, it's one of them. They thought they were going to be, they could be eight points. I drift at one point, so it's all farmed out the way it, the way it is. Rangers drop points. I'm delighted because Barry played in the same week, the same as me when you're playing inside. When you played with all from, if you drop points, first thing we said was how Rangers going. You know, and, and that's what, the, you know, of course you were saying, that's what the, the Rangers boys were doing because it was that close. And I think this week, this, this year, there's going to be a challenge. Um, you know, they'll be chilling a challenge up to up to Christmas anyway, and we can send Rangers to Dubai and remember when I came up. <laughs> <laughs> and you can take them out. <laughs> That's what's been happening, isn't it? Uh, Frank's been taking them out in Dubai. I, I, know, I, know, I know a couple of nightclub owners over there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great opportunity, Barry, yeah. isn't it, for, for Celtic? They, you know, they'll be looking at this. Rangers are in Gibraltar preparing for the European game. There's a real chance for Celtic to be eyeballing Rangers right at the top of the league by the weekend. 100% Rob I think Monday when they come into train to prepare for the game uh, tonight against St Murn they, they would have said right Wednesday and Saturday six points no matter how yeah. we play we need to get six points on the board that's how I would approach it if I'm coming in as a player or, or mm. captain of the team and I'm sure the Celtic boys would have done the same on Monday morning just make sure however we get them we get the six points and then they can put a bit of pressure onto Rangers now yeah, be you know, we, we always we always say playing for Celtic Rangers it was a it's a different kind of animal, but you know because you're demanded the demands it's on them. But there's no fans in that. I've I've got to praise the boys. They're both you know every club in the, in the league is playing with no no spectators. I mean, God, you know one or two is all right, Rob, but <laughs> to play them all. Um, it's just it must be so frustrating for them. Well, you've got you've got to, you've got to create your own atmosphere, haven't you? You've got to create know, your own and, and and get some intensity in the game, and that's difficult yeah. when it's like a closed doors I, game. I tell you, I take my hat off to the the, the, the guy the guys that are playing yeah. just now because I I used to try and feed off the fans. See, I went out to do the warm up, yeah. and the fans were having a whether they were cheering or having oh, a go at you. Yeah, I used to love that. I know now, <laughs> it must be difficult for the players so they've got to self-motivate each other I think you're different eh? I think you're in a different time I actually think players enjoy it I really do I, I would hate it I'll be honest with you I would hate oh, to play in that. empty stadiums but Si you're used to playing to empty a limited stadium, yeah. audience aren't you? <laughs> no, I'm, but I'm telling you you'd be surprised I think you know Frank and, and Barry's day they're different breeds they guys were 
or proper players. But I think people now enjoy playing without pressure. Eh? I think younger yeah, boys. Right. I do, Frank. You know, honestly, I really do. Do you know what I'm looking for? No, no, I'm looking forward to because the um, Miss Sturgeon has says that there's not going to be many crowds for the for the old firm game, and I'm I'm looking forward to it because I'll tell you what. Someone will have to have a bleep test on that because there'll be, there'll be that much. We <laughs> <laughs> need to turn the sound down because you'll, he- you'll be hearing that much shouting for the players and it'll be proper Glaswegian. <laughs> See, I think somebody like I think somebody like Bruni, who's of Barry's uh-huh. kind of same yeah, era, I think he misses the fans. You know, I don't think Bruni's been as good without the fans. I think he's somewhat no. a Barry. I think he goes on the fans, the atmosphere and, and getting that, the tackles and then lifting the crowd. And I think Bruni struggled without that. You know, I don't think he's Aye. been the same player without that big crowd behind him. Whereas other I guys... And other, especially, I look at Hibs and 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 some of the young boys are playing some lovely football, you know. And, and Rangers as well, you know. You see a different get, player in Jack for me without a crowd. I think he looks much better. Um, and and again, younger boys, I think I think they really like playing without that pressure. I honestly, do. The midfield lineup, uh, as Frank was saying, is going to be interesting because it's, it's in many ways it's about who Neil Lennon leaves out, isn't it? Yeah, well, no, Christy. Christy didn't play the the weekend, and for me, he's been one of Celtic's top players for the last couple of years. Um, but you know, I, I think Barry having having McGregor is very similar. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I, I like Frank. I like McGregor. See, see when I like McGregor he gets well, a bit like of license Christy, to break forward. You can play the two of them, Barry. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I'm, the two of them. A couple of times, the two of them are going for the same ball, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, you know, the two of them are coming short, one of Edward or whatever. And I'm thinking, you can't have two of them doing that. You know, there's there's no space now. Yeah, we we were speaking about Frank uh, the Scotland games obviously last week, and yeah. when I was watching it, Callum McGregor for me has got all the attributes to be a a top midfielder. I just think sometimes he just plays within himself. I think yeah. you can get so much more out of him going mm. forward. I think what was a goal he, he drove sixty yards. Yeah, Dundee, uh, no, it was um, Forest goal, wasn't it? Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, mm. th- that's the sort of things that he can do. And he, yeah. I mean, I'm sure Neil Lennon would want that. Every single week for him because he's got it in him. He should be ten. He should be t- 10, 15 goals a season. Callum McGregor. Yep, definitely. Brown sitting next to him in, in the license. Do you to think, Barry? It might be because, but as, as we're talking about, maybe Christie's doing the same runs and he's and he's maybe shying at it rather than taking command, telling me get out of the way. Aye, but you know, probably. But then I, I look at Callum mm. Frank as an experienced player now. The amount of games he's played, well, the amount so of trophies, and I would a, be. He's still a shy boy, and I've been looking him and sends him. I don't know him, mm-hmm. but you know he looks as if. He's not, he's not I wish Scott you were as shy as him Frank Scott Brown, was playing, <laughs> Scott, uh, Scott Brown was playing in that position He would be telling Christy to move mm-hmm. You know And you know, and that's, and then and then Ryan would, would, would adjust to that And I think they could, they could become better players Because of that But they don't talk to each other now I noticed that they don't talk. I see Bruno shouting But I don't see any of the rest of them You know you know, Barry, Barry, when we played, if I lost the ball I'd get pelters off the other boys Big, Big Roy and all that And Mick McCarthy They wouldn't let me Away with that And Tommy Burns God rest them. They wouldn't, they wouldn't let me Away with that Now They just lose the ball And nobody says a word Right I'm going to call time Not That'll not be popular, a popular phrase With you Frank But I'm going to call time On this uh, chat for now <laughs> It's been good to talk to you As ever And uh, I'll let you continue With your uh, unmistakable Big match build up Now <laughs> Yeah uh, You behave Frank <laughs> Behave alright Leave her alone right, don't, 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 let, uh, don't get side jealous <laughs> Frank Come on Frank all the best <laughs> Cheers guys Good to hear yeah. from you And we'll get that Team news It's not far around the corner In Paisley now St Mirren against Celtic We're going to hear from Craig and Easterhouse after the break and uh, you can do what he's done you can get in touch with us on 0808 17 17 700 The Bull Radio Football Show Let's go. Before we heard from the Breakfast 
crew. We heard from Frank McAvenny. Some good chat with Frank. I think we uh, touched on football at one point as well yeah. in that 20 minutes, which was a bit unusual, but it's good to hear from him. An absolute legend uh, is Maka. Later on, we're going to hear from Arthur Newman. He was a legend at left back for Rangers. What a player he was. And we'll be catching up with Arthur a little bit later on. Uh, catching up with you as well, hopefully in the course of the next, what, hour and 15 minutes. That's how long we have to go on the Go Radio Football Show. On the socials, at Go Football Show. Uh, texting go and your message to 87474 and that number is 0808 17 17 700 happy to hear from you questions for Arthur Newman if you fancy questions for Barry Ferguson if you fancy questions for Cy Ferry as well tonight complete in flip flops let's hear from Craig in Easter House hi Craig hi panel how are you doing how are you doing Craig Craig? hi not too bad Um, obviously I'm I'm just asking a wee question for Barry it's regarding Rangers. Sure, fine away. Um, right, um, obviously with the current squad that we have now, Barry, do you think if we don't add anyone, do you think we've still got enough to go in and win this league? It's a good question. I, I do, but I, I would like to see one more attacking midfielder come in, if I've been honest, Craig. Um, somebody who's at box-to-box, 12 to 15 goals similar to likes of Arebo because I think we've got too many similar players in the middle of the park in terms of Ryan Jack Devo and Kamara I just think it would need that one more who can who can add goals to, to the midfield Barry um, before you go any further let, let's let's hear what uh, Stephen Gerrard has said today ahead of the Lincoln Reds game tomorrow uh, he was asked about transfers and, and here's what he said no um, and I won't mention you know any of the targets that we're pursuing um, I don't think that's right or respectful so um, I won't be mentioning any names in here today but again I'll say that we we are looking to add to the squad So there you are I mean he's not committing to names and naturally because it just goes absolutely crazy but but clearly Barry he's looking to add Well it tells you it's the best time to add Rob as well when you're you're on a, a great run of form which Rangers are I mean I watched them again at the weekend and I was really impressed that I'd said a couple of weeks ago my only concern was that they weren't finishing teams off they were maybe winning 2-0, 3-0 when they could have got 5 or 6 but i seen clearly that they've stepped that up um, so it's great to see that he's still in the market it's clear that the board are backing him which I think is great and the squad are looking confident I guys agree. like Ryan Kent I mean again I, I know we keep mentioning him and we can't, we, can't help, we can't help it I, I just think he's went to a different level again um, first season he came up on loan he was excellent last season he struggled he's admitted that himself he started the season on fire there's been a lot of rumours going about Leeds coming in and also other teams looking at him but I think he's the, the one guy who's made a difference in the games um, certainly he's a match winner and he's shown that type of form that he done when he first came up I agree with that attacking midfielder but I also think that if Morelos can get himself fit and playing every week I think Roof could be that attacking midfielder mm-hmm. you know I've said it before I think that role suits him better than number 10 role I don't think he's a number 9 that's going to as we say with Ajete and Morelos it's going to be in, in the box and, and scoring goals I think he's a guy that, that links to play well in at 10 and then he arrives late in the box and he, and he could get you 10 to 12 in midfield if he's going to play that position I, I just like the fact that the man, the manager just mentioned there that he's, he's Looking, still looking. Yeah. Still Daniel looking. Johnson, there's no doubt about That's a, that's a name that's that's been bandied about for quite a while now. Daniel Johnson at Preston. Is, is, 
David Gaskin at Hamilton, si? I don't know, I spoke to Aidan actually texted us today because uh, he was raging that Andy Halliday called him a winger on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like Aidan to get angry, but he said that uh, he says no Johnson's a Johnson's a number ten. Mm-hmm. Johnson's a middle middle of the pitch player, you know, that get, gets in the box and scores goals. I think if you look at his record, that is exactly what Daniel Johnson is. And for me, Daniel Johnson could definitely go and play for Rangers having haven't seen him play. I, I think that could the, happen. I look at the Rangers squad previous seasons, there was a good start in eleven. Then after that there was guys that maybe would come in and just Fill a, a position Now there's real competition For places And the manager's just mentioned there He's looking to add One or two more That's what I like to see I think it's the best time To go and add players And I think there's real If you're not performing On a Saturday You need to be looking Over your shoulder yeah. at, at that bench Or even up in the stands Saying listen If yeah. I don't perform I could bout this team And that's the way it is At Rangers just now And a lot of people Made it the mentality After January But again The squad's thin you know, that comes into it as well. Mm. You know, you're asking James Tavernier to play 55 games a season. For me, he was one that struggled after January. But he's, he's played every game for the last three years. It's, it's no easy with the pressure that, you, that you're under every week to win and go and play, be the captain and, and, and expected to, to perform at a high level for 90 minutes. So def- the squad's miles better and I think it will stand him in better stead Chris, after January. Chris, you've heard from Sai there, you've heard from Barry, you've heard from Stephen Gerrard as well. What are you thinking? How would you like to see Rangers strengthen? I know pretty much, pretty much the same as what, what the guys were saying there. Um, I, I think obviously with the, with the injury to Ryan Jack, um, obviously today for four weeks, I think it's pivotal that Rangers get at least one more central midfielder obviously and to compete. And, but I think everywhere else you've got a player for each position, which is fine. Obviously the conundrum, Morelos, does he stay, does he go? That's, that's a million dollar question. My question is uh, for you, Jenk Barker and, and Hadji are good enough to play every game this year in Rangers to win the league with the two in, in the positions well, that they're playing I think possibly Hadji Hadji he, he can go up the level I think right. Barker for me and I, I don't know about other Rangers fans but I'd, nah no for me no no Barker I, I've got to say one thing about Barker I, I wasn't too I, I was thinking to myself I don't know if he's going to do it at Rangers you've got to give him no, you've got to him. give him credit He's come in and he's he's looked better. He's done well. He has done well. Yep. Yep. That, that's is he the type that's going to win your league. That's what my point is. You know no, I mean? no, no, he's no. He's, he's yeah, he's not going to get in the starting eleven. Let, let, no. Let's be honest. If everybody's fat and firing. No, he's he's nowhere near it. But I, I think that they're in a good place. And what a sense that they're not going to get carried away with. I think after the the win at Celtic Park last year. Nah, they go away and they maybe think oh listen we've got a real chance listen leagues aren't won in October that's when you get the business end of the season February, March that's what Rangers need yeah. to maintain the standards that they've, they've can't have an R collapse no I, I don't I'll be honest with you I get the kind of mindset for the manager and when the players are speaking now that there's a real togetherness and there's a real steely determination about them would you get cover for Tavernier? You know my point that he, play, he plays every game. Well, the the young, I mean, uh, Nathan I, Nathan Patterson. Yeah, but Nathan Patterson again. I don't see too many young boys coming through the system. Mm. I mean, but is it the year to try be be trying this, young guys like that? Well, I know there's a lot of pressure, but when when do you when ever do you, uh, give him the chance? He's clearly good enough. The manager thinks he's clearly good enough to be part of the squad. And he looks like he believes in himself as well. When he's yeah. got his chances, uh, he, he's quick, he gets forward, he delivers. Mm. Um, and, and what you don't want to be doing is blocking off the opportunity for him to get games and get better. My point is, so Rob, is, is if Tavernier gets injured, say, and Nathan Patterson comes in and he doesn't do as well as what you expect, then where are you? 
the transfer window yeah. shuts. You know, if, if it happens, that's, the, Celtic, that's the gamble. That's the gamble. It? And at Celtic, if it happens, if Frimpong's not playing well, it's not a kid that's coming in. It's El Hamid who plays for an international for for Israel. You know what you're getting, and yeah. that that would be my wee worry for Rangers if if Werner or Barisic gets yeah. injured. I agree, but Rob says every time I've seen him, I've been impressed with him. He looks if he's he's got confidence in his own ability, which is good to see. Sometimes you see kids coming in and playing, they, they kind of just give it simple, they don't want to go and try things. But And Barry, that's he, what you want to see. You, you've, you've spoken about this so many times, oh. that you want to see the product of the of the academy coming through and getting into the first team. It hasn't happened enough at Rangers, has it? Yeah, but I think if you ask Rangers fans, they want to see their own players produced. Um, I know there's good coaches in there. One, again, I'll mention Tomo. I was actually speaking to Tomo last night. Um, he came to our game to have a, a watch because his mate was a manager. Mm-hmm. And he, he believes that there, there's players in the system that if they get the opportunity, which the manager has been open and saying if they're good enough, they'll get the chance. But I need to see more. I need to see more players produced coming through the system, Rob. How much do you think there is a looking back and forth across Glasgow between Celtic and Rangers about what's happening in the transfer market who's doing what and one club responding to another because this is a really individual season and it's, it's a really special season uh, and it might just be determined by what these two do in the next couple of weeks before the window so. closes I think it definitely is you know one thing you can say that this year is that both boards have the back to manager mm. you know when, when was the last time you see Celtic spend the money they've spent in this window you know, every, I think every, both managers have got every player that they've wanted. So it's up to the two now. It's up to the players and the, and the managers. They, they've been given what they've asked. Uh, but for me, still looking at it, not being biased at all, I still think Celtic have got a stronger squad. You know, when you think when you look at Celtic's bench at the weekend with Christie, um, Kamala coming on, um, Roger can I get a game, Griffiths can I get a game, and then I'm looking at B- Barker starting for Rangers the last three games. You know, for me, Celtic's bench is stronger nah. than Brendan Barker, if I'm being totally honest. What do you think, Craig? I no, I agree with that. But um, obviously, I think if we had one more, obviously beating this boy Daniel Johnson, I think that might just, I might just tip us over the line. And we'll see in the seventeenth October. Obviously, that's <laughs> a big one. But it can be a big psychological thing as well, can't it? You know, signings, beefing up the squad, just that thought of looking across at the bench and seeing what's there. Because well, because substitutes are playing a much bigger yeah. part this season than ever before. Rob, if you're sitting in that that dressing room in the training ground and you're seeing new players coming in. I used to love that because that tells you listen there's, there's going to be a bit of competition I don't like players that are comfy knowing that they're going to play on a Saturday you need to make sure when you train you're training to play on Saturday you've got competition you need to you need to go about your business properly and I, I like seeing the competition I think that's something Rangers lacked the last couple of years as I said I think this year there's more competition but still one or two to be added to add to that that quality that's already there and as you say, Celtic, I mean, you look at Celtic's bench, that's always been the strength of Celtic. Strong starting 11 and a strong bench. Now Rangers are starting to get there in terms of that. Just before you go, Sorry. Craig, before you go, just are you worried about the fact that, that Celtic can pull up level and get ahead on goal difference potentially if they win tonight and Saturday? Nah, because I fully expect Rangers and Celtic to, to blow most teams away, to be, to be quite honest. Um, I think the old firm games are going to be massive um, whether we get fans back in that you're away to Aberdeen's Hibs I'd, I think obviously claiming no fans I think it's actually certain Rangers just now I think it's taking a wee bit of pressure off us to be quite honest uh, but I think Rangers and Celtic should win most of their games out with obviously playing each other so I think those those games they're, they're, they're key 
We're going to be speaking to Arthur Newman after the news at six. Craig, you, what would you like to ask him? You've got a question for Arthur. How much? How fondly do you remember him? Oh, Arthur Newman, growing up in the 90s, obviously, watching Barry and players like that, Alberts. And, but Arthur Newman, the, the one the one thing I would say to him, what was his favourite Rangers goal? Right. Because I'm pretty sure it's the old firm one. Yeah, I think one I... One draw, Highbrooks. Yeah, it was an absolute belter, wasn't it? Okay, well, I thanks thanks for getting in touch, Craig. Good to hear from right. you. Craig right, in East you, House Craig. on the Go Radio bye bye, bye. Football Show. And in a matter of minutes, get your questions in for Arthur Newman. The Go Radio Football Show. We talk two hours of football every night. Uh, the Go Radio Football Show, Monday to Friday, 5 till 7. You're very much part of it. Uh, we heard from Craig uh, in Easter House just before the news with Nancy. They're talking Rangers. You can get in touch with us as well in the usual fashion. 0808 17 17 700. You can text GO and your message to 87474. And on the socials, it's at Go Football Show. Earlier on, we spoke to Frank McAvenny. Celtic legend, St Mirren legend and those two teams of course going head to head in Paisley tonight in the Premiership that rearranged game can Celtic move to within three points of Rangers at the top that is their plan St Mirren will have other ideas let's talk now to another uh, Scottish football legend what a player he was at Rangers we're going to talk to him right now on the Go Football Show it's Arthur Newman hi Arthur Hello, everyone. How are you doing? <laughs> Hello. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I'm stuck in the house like everybody else, I think. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to be stuck in Scotland. I thought you were going to be in Scotland for life. What What changed, Arthur? Yeah, I know it's weird. Uh, I was supposed to come to uh, yeah, to Scotland, but then all of a sudden uh, they said, well, if you travel to the UK, uh, uh, you have to stay in quarantine for 10 days. So yeah, a lot of people, they cancelled the, the flights. Also, a lot of business people, I know. And, uh, yeah, it's a weird situation everywhere. It is, it's really strange. And, uh, yeah, you don't know how long it will last. Hopefully, uh, let's find the vaccine, whatever, within the next three, four months. But, yeah, I have my doubts, to be honest. Strange days. Um, now, obviously, the main reason we've got you on here is to dish some dirt on Barry Ferguson, ah, oh, no, which, no. I know, which I know you're going to be happy to do. <laughs> be nice. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. It's probably the guy I shared the room with for five years. What was he like as a roommate? Oh. Well, in the beginning, he was like a very quiet, very uh, humble. Uh, he, he was listening. But then after a while, when he became the captain, he looked at me and he, he took me a look from, who, who do you think you are? You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just kidding. But no, it, it was great because uh, I remember uh, when I signed for Rangers in 98, that uh, we went on training camp and then Dick Advocat, he, uh, he approached me, he came to me, he said, Arthur, uh, said, I want you to share the room with, uh, with Barry Ferguson. He said, uh, I've seen him already uh, a couple of times on uh, on the tape. Uh, he watched some games from Rangers before he signed, Dick Advocat. And he said, this guy is a really uh, yeah, a good player with potential. I think he can become a really good player for the club. But uh, Dick said, I want you to look after him. And uh, as long that, that he actually that doesn't end up uh, in the city centre in other clubs and bars. <laughs> uh, you did like well with that one other, then, didn't you? <laughs> like, a lot of, like a lot of other uh, young uh, players. Uh, but uh, now we picked it up really well, uh, what I said in the beginning. Uh, yeah, uh, of course, uh, yeah, he became part of the group. Uh, we had some experienced players, but very quickly, uh, I said, uh, yeah, he became 
yeah, one of the key players on midfield. And uh, for him, it was, of course, a fantastic moment uh, when he became captain from Rangers. And uh, I think Dick made the right decision because we had a lot of foreigners, but with Barry, uh, yeah, a hometown uh, guy uh, from the youth system. And uh, yeah, any proofs that he would uh, that he was a good captain uh, on the park. Uh, he was a leader, and, uh, yeah, and then you could see him actually uh, improving as a player as well. So uh, that was good. It is really nice to look back. You know, the five years we we, we spent together in the room, of course, was uh, well, five, five years in the room. Did you not get out at all? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes he became fed up with me, but that is no surprise. Even my daughters, they uh, they have the same problem. <laughs> <laughs> what was Arthur like, Barry, as a roommate? I'll be honest with you, I, I learnt so much off him, um, but as a, a roommate, I, I wasn't one, I, I never liked getting up early in the morning, I never really ate breakfast, but Arthur, he's laughing, he would wake up at 8 o'clock and just open the curtains wide open, so the daylight would come in and he would get me up and make sure that I ate breakfast before a game, um, exactly. and that was what I know, that that's what he always says, that's one of the most important meals and that's something that I learned off him, but I learnt in terms of... Was it a Dutch breakfast? No, no, it, was, it wasn't a fry up. Don't worry about that. But I've got to be honest with you. In, in terms of a player, look, a fantastic player. But he was a Rolls Royce, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, but I learned so player. much off the park. The way he handled himself, the way he trained, um, just all things like that that people don't notice. People just look at him as a top player on the pitch, but off the pitch, he was a, a top, top guy. Um, I think if you ask any guys that have played with him, always get asked the question about. The best player that I've played with, I've played with so many guys with, with quality, but with everything, not just the quality on the pitch, the kind of leadership he's shown on and off the pitch, the way he carried himself, he's he's up there with the best. Wow. Keep keep going, Barry, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> was Arthur no teetotal when he came over here as well? He was teetotal, then he, he left. You, you couldn't get him at a nightclub. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's what I learned from you. <laughs> Oh, it's, good, it's good you taught him about football he taught you about nightlife oh, 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 oh. Uh, that is great you know what I actually when I came over to Scotland then uh, uh, one thing uh, yeah what you pick up as well that's uh, even after the game sometimes you know you go to the town uh, that, that, that's the advantage when you when you move to Scotland and the games are played at Saturday 3 o'clock and then uh, yeah you will be home Saturday evening 7 o'clock and then uh, normally yeah, we went out uh, on a Saturday night. We went out for a bite to eat uh, with some of the guys and the wives. And then sometimes we, uh, we ended up uh, for a drink. And it's also nice, especially for the foreigners, because we didn't know anything about Glasgow. We didn't know anything about yeah, uh, the life over there. And then yeah, very quickly you pick it up. And then you see as well that uh, yeah, it, it, it's like a tradition there. Uh, the people that go out, they try to have fun. Uh, you see the, the the people smiling, uh, yeah, and and that's also what I what I like about Glasgow. It's, it's a great city. Uh, in the beginning, before I came to Scotland, I, I had no idea what I would uh, expect, but you only find out when you arrive there. And uh, sometimes also we went out with uh, yeah, with the guys, and I hope you go to a, to a place, you sit down together, having a laugh, uh, having a drink. And uh, yeah, that also bonds the, the, the team, and uh, that that is something that I, that I like as well. Because in Holland, yeah, the games are played Friday evening or Saturday evening or Sunday. But in Scotland, Saturday, and then Saturday evening we were off. And of course, sometimes we had to train on the Sunday. <laughs> that was good to get rid of the alcohol out of the body. <laughs> but uh, no, but but it, it, it is nice. Uh, 
but you sometimes go out as a team and uh, yeah, uh, then you can talk about the, the different things in football and it was, it was good. Remind us about the team. There'll be some people listening who will remember all too vividly who was in that great Rangers team, Arthur. But talk talk me through. Apart from Barry, some of your some of your teammates because uh, that was a that was a scary team, wasn't it, in terms of its quality? Yeah, yeah if if you look back now, you think, oh, time is flying because it's already uh, yeah twenty two twenty years ago, and uh, uh, I still believe we had yeah a fantastic team. And sometimes when I speak to uh, players from other teams. Uh, like the, the ones from Monaco where we played against Bayern Munich, uh, Paris Saint-Germain. A lot of the, the guys, they, they told me as well, they said they were afraid to actually uh, come to Scotland because they knew the atmosphere uh, at Ibrox was absolutely fantastic. 50,000 people from the first to the last minute uh, support the team, singing, uh, yelling. Uh, they said it's unbelievable. Uh, then you realize what it means to play in Scotland and and. But when you're talking about the squad we had, was unbelievable. We had a very good squad of players, 24 quality players. And sometimes for for a position, we had three quality players. If, I, if you look back now already, uh, we had uh, on midfield, we had like yeah, Barry he, uh, when he was captain. We had uh, Van Bronckhorst. We had Claudio Reina. Uh, we had two guys. We had Jorg Alberts. Uh, but only three could play. So you, you can imagine the competition there was, uh, was uh, unbelievable. And uh, but even if you saw the players who were sitting on the bench or on the stand, you think, whoa, what a squad of players they have. And my only uh, yeah, big disappointing thing was that we never qualified for the next phase for the Champions League because twice we were so close. There was the, the home game against uh, uh, Monaco. Um, and also uh, the year later, I think, against the Bayern Munich when we actually played them off the park. I think we hit the, the post twice, the crossbar twice, but we lost 1-0. And uh, also our home game, uh, they were lucky with a deflected uh, free kick in the, uh, I think in the 88 minutes uh, that they actually managed to, yeah, to get a point. But uh, yeah, for the rest, yeah, domestically we won a lot of trophies. Uh, fantastic to, to be part of the team, uh, as I said, great players. And also, uh, yeah, when we went out, we had a lot of confidence that we knew that we would actually win the game. And uh, we knew and we respected everyone on the park because every player had their own quality. Amoruso, Italian Stallion, uh, hmm. Stefan Klaas, the goalkeeper, uh, Barriers, Captain Jorg Alberts, the Hammer. We had Lovenkrans, Neil McCann, Rodney Wallace, Moles, uh, Ronald de Boer, Kanitja. Uh, so it's unbelievable if you think yeah. about it, the place we had. It is like, uh, it was, to be honest, it, it was the best time of my, uh, of my career. Wow. It's no wonder you turned into a top player, Barry, with all those guys around you. Yeah, it's funny he says that. I get asked this quite a lot. I mean, Arthur's just rhymed off 12, 15 players, but you also looked across the city, and Arthur, I'll agree with this. The Celtic squad mm-hmm. as well were, oh, yeah, were, were fully top quality players. So, see, at that time, late 90s, early 2000s, it was yeah. a great time to play. Um, certainly, I, I love my time playing with these guys, but when you come up into the old firm derbies, there were some games, I mean, you could go in, Arthur, couldn't you, when you were in good form, Celtic weren't in good form, and they would beat us, and vice versa. So, yeah. the quality on the pitch at times was was mind-blowing. If you actually think back mm-hmm. to the players that, that played at Rangers and Celtic at that time were... were Frightening. Sai Ferry, you were in the school uniform at that stage, but uh, I, I was mean, trying you, to get ahead of these guys, but it was impossible. But you must, you must remember <laughs> those. I mean, those were heady days, weren't they, in terms of the quality of Scottish football yeah. with Rangers and Celtic going head to head? Do you know what I loved about them? Yeah. The competitiveness. I think it's gone. 
See, you could just tell that for 90 minutes they hated each other. And then there was a respect afterwards, but you remember the stuff yeah. with Tomo and Rickson. It was mm. proper personal. Yeah. It, it meant a lot to these players that they were winners. You know, I watched that Celtic team train every day mm. and we could not compete with the, the intensity that they trained it. And that had been the difference between the top players like Arthur, Barry and Larson and, and the guys that go on and play for your Aberdeens and your Hibs. It's that intensity that they train every day and that will to win. And it was unbelievable in both teams. I mean, Arthur will tell yeah. you, see in training... I mean it was when it yeah. came to the games you would do your warm up then you would do like a, a passing drill uh, then you would go into like a box and then if, if you played four against four or five against five the the intensity in their games was unbelievable and if you, your team get beat they would, the other team would be yeah. absolute raging um, but that was just the competitiveness of the group And you just not get that now? No nah. I, I don't think you get the same Rob if I'm being honest with you um, certainly when, when that kind of group of players that Arthur mentioned left the club and people moved on elsewhere it was still good players but the level and intensity and quality did drop a bit I'm not saying they weren't good players the, the rest of the Rangers teams I played in they, they were but that late 90s early 2000s the quality was was unbelievable and I, I just lo- loved the it was the attitude and the desire and the drive of these guys uh, when Arthur came he'd, I think it was the 98 World Cup he'd played in yeah. he still had that drive yeah. and determination mm. but see, don't, don't, see don't. as a kid Rob see if, you, like, see if you're on Lenny's team or Sutton's team and your team lost he wouldn't speak to you mm-hmm. he would ignore you in the, if you were in the team and they felt like you weren't good enough on that day and their team lost they would ignore you for the rest, of the, the rest of the week they would let you know that they weren't happy with your performance and I'll tell you there's no way that happens now and I think that's what we're missing with young players development is, is the senior players and how hard they were on the young kids Cause that, that, that's, that, that's your education it, right there it was great for me that, that's what I learned a lot yeah. I was always driven to win but when you come into that kind of quality and that group of players you seen what it meant to them even in a training game yeah. Yeah. and I was just blown away and thinking that, that, this is right up my street it was, it was unbelievable to, to be involved Arthur, do you keep in touch with Scottish football now? Do you do you keep a, keep an eye on the highlights and and Rangers' attempts at stopping Celtic this season doing ten in a row? Yeah, of course you uh, you will always check the the results on a Saturday or during the week or uh, even tonight uh, what what Celtic is doing. Uh, but I said, yeah, I, I played for Rangers for five years. Uh, after I retired in two thousand and three, I stayed another seven years in uh, in, in in Scotland. So. Yeah, I've been there for 12 years, so yeah, uh, I know the club. I love the club. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. You have no idea what I, what I said earlier on when you come to Scotland, what it means when you play either for Rangers or Celtic. Because, uh, yeah, two big clubs, uh, well-respected everywhere in uh, in the world. And, uh, and also the fact, I think it says enough that even now, I get a lot of people always asking me for tickets for the, for the old firm. Uh, and, and that makes it special in, in, in Scotland, you know. Uh, because Rangers Celtic, when they play against each other, everybody want to experience the atmosphere. And uh, the last couple of years, every time when I uh, when I managed to get tickets via Rangers uh, for the old firm game, the people after the game they text me, they call me, they said, Arthur, oh, this is is a once in a million experience, fantastic. And, and then talking about people who've been to uh, Barcelona, uh, the, the Milan derby, they said this is completely different. It starts already before the game, you know, in in in, in the pub with the, with the supporters, then they watch the game, then after the game. And yeah, it's fantastic. And and what you just said, uh, I try to follow uh, the club. I don't see a lot of the games, but uh, yeah, you get all the information via via internet. Uh, after the game, you will see what's happening. Even like uh, the other day uh, when we beat the Dundee four nil, yeah, you could see some uh, yeah, players get off the park with injuries, and then uh, you try to find out how serious it is. And uh, but I said, yeah, uh, it, it it is a special club. And and what Barry Barry said as well. Uh, 
Uh, it's the same for for Celtic, the old firm in Glasgow. It, it, it's it is special. It is uh, it is it is uh, yeah part of the country, part of uh, the people's life. Arthur, you seem like a laid back guy. Like I can imagine Barry every day is like that. But in the old firm games, do you change? Do you turn into a different guy when you're playing in the Celtic and Rangers games? Uh, no, nobody else always focused, but you know yourself. Uh, it starts already to build up towards the game. Uh, um, well, I used to live in in, in Hamilton, and uh, my next door neighbour was Barry Ferguson as well. So <laughs> you couldn't get away from him. <laughs> <laughs> he followed me everywhere. Unbelievable! I said, "Barry, come on, some some space now." But even uh, in the build up towards the game, uh, when you go to the Asda and you, you went to the supermarket for uh, for, uh, for the messages, and the people that approach you, "Come on, Asda, go for it, can a shot." So. The whole week, you know, you're already focused on Old Firm. And uh, I never forget also one of the, the Old Firm games we played. I think it was the cup final in 2002. Uh, this time, Barry cut me back because uh, I woke up and I walked to the dressing room, uh, to, the, to the bathroom. And all of a sudden, I cut a, a tackle from behind. And I think, what the heck is happening? And the Barry said, I want you to be, uh, to be ready for the game. Come on, <laughs> go for it. So, I nearly twisted my ankle because <laughs> he came with a tackle and he was already, you can imagine, at 9 o'clock in the morning, he was already preparing himself for the game. And I said, go on, go for it. Yep, he goes uh, to win another trophy. But that shows you as well the, the, yeah, the, the, the spirit in the dressing room and uh, the, the, the players that were so focused uh, focused on, on, yeah, on beating the arts rifles. And uh, like you said, uh, around for 90 minutes, it's like uh, you hate the, uh, the other team. But yeah, after the game is over, then uh, the respect is always there because I also have friends in, in Scotland uh, who are Celtic uh, supporters and they have season tickets but that, that's part of the, the game you know for 90 minutes uh, you give everything for the jersey you want to win trophies you want to beat them yeah, and, that, and that makes it special and uh, yeah what Barry said earlier on the focus is there you want to win you want, uh, you want to be the best the best team on the park Arthur uh, what, what are you doing now you're still involved in football uh, yes, well, uh, I'm a scout for AZ Alkmaar. Uh, I do that now for uh, for eight years. So we we are a small club, but uh, uh, we always try to find some young, promising players with uh, with potential. And we have a really good uh, youth system. So the last four four or five years, we have a lot of young players coming through the youth system, making uh, the debut for the first team. And uh, we know that a lot of clubs from, from all the other countries, they, they're always watching our games because we, they know that we have a lot of uh, players with potential. Even uh, this year, we have uh, Boadu, a striker, uh, 20 years old. He made already his debut for the team. Uh, Calvin Stengs, the right winger. Uh, we have uh, Cole Miners, he's 21. He's already captain of the team. So there's a lot of interest from uh, from other clubs. And so I'm, 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 yeah, I'm traveling a lot, uh, quite over to Scandinavia. Uh, because in, if you know to Scandinavia as well, they have a lot of young, uh, promising players, but they have the, the right mentality, good attitude, uh, very quickly they, they adapt. And it, it is nice because we can never actually buy the, the best players, but we always go for the players that we think, hmm, this is an interesting player. Uh, I think if he comes to Alkmaar, he can become a better player. And then hopefully within uh, two, three years' time, then hope he can make a step to, uh, to the Premier League or to yep. Germany or, or somewhere else. So it's nice. It's yep. nice to do. Nice. Just, just one quick one before you go, because uh, 20 minutes ago, we had uh, Craig, who's a Rangers fan in Easterhouse, uh, wanted uh, to ask you this question. So this one, just before you go, Arthur, what was your... And I, th- and I think he thought he knew, <laughs> knew what the answer was going to be as well. What was your best goal for Rangers? 
yeah. Well, to be honest, uh, it was I a miss hit. Too many... <laughs> you miss hit it. <laughs> uh, I didn't score too many goals for uh, for Rangers, but I thought if I score a goal, that people always will uh, remind them it should be against uh, Celtic. So that, uh, yeah, what we just said is fantastic uh, to play against Celtic to beat them, but also to 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 score a goal. Uh, it was like a, a shot from 25 yards in the top corner, and yeah, that that. that the feeling is amazing. That uh, the adrenaline pumping through your body is like an explosion in the in the stadium, and uh, yeah, that is something which you will never forget. Wasn't a miss it, Arthur? Was it? No, I think if I had scored a goal against Hamilton Eckes, you would actually probably not remember it, but you remember it. Yeah, I think we all we all remember that one. Remember, you, we remember your big contribution to Scottish football as well. It's been really good to to talk to you. Stay well, stay safe, and hopefully next time um, you're across here, uh, we'll get you in the studio and get some more chat with you at that point. Yeah, it will be great. Okay, all the best. Talk Cheers, Arthur. Cheers. All the best, uh, Martha. Cheers. What a player he was, Arthur Newman, on the Go Radio football show. Still time to get in touch with us. 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio football show. Let's go. Well, it quite simply flies by. 90 minutes gone already, but it's not all about 90 minutes on this show because we've got another half hour still to come. We'll have that team news from Paisley shortly. St Mirren against Celtic tonight. Those European ties tomorrow night. It was some great chat tonight, haven't we, with uh, Frank McAvenny earlier on. And we've just heard from Arthur Newman. Legends, the pair of them. Um, let's get Mikey involved in the show now. He's a Celtic fan and he's with us right now. Hi, Mikey. Hi, how's it going? Good, Hi, thanks. Mikey. How are you? Ah, not too bad. Not bad getting there. Fire away. You've got a couple of questions. Let's have the first Hi. one. Uh, the first one I was kind of thinking about kind of stole my thunder a wee bit. We were talking about Carl McGregor earlier on. Um, I've kind of got to agree that I think he should definitely be paying for the park. Um, I think the role he's playing in now is it's almost as if he's playing like an old guy. Um, when you look at the, the goals he scored um, against Rangers at Hamden, they kind of, kind of slotted it far left. Yeah. Uh, he scores against Senate and Bayern in the Europa League and Champions League. Um, I think it's a bit of a waste that he's kind of playing where he is just now. When you look at the goals he could be scoring, if he was playing a role far up. Um, so kind of gets his foot in that. Well, Barry's been banging the drum on that subject, haven't you, for a while? Yeah, I, I just that, that's my honest opinion as a player. No matter if he plays with Celtic, I, I look at Callum McGregor and he, he's a gifted footballer. Um, but I just see there's so much more to come out of him in terms of. I, I speak to some Celtic fans and and they agree. Like, he can score mm. easily twelve to fifteen goals a season. He can. He can go and pick the ball up and drive 40, 50 yards. He, he can pass the ball, he can control the ball. He's an all-round midfielder, Callum McGregor. It's just the Scotland games when I was watching, you get a bit frustrated at times because uh, maybe that's the way the manager wants to play him. But also for Celtic at times, I, I do think you can that, get that more he, out of him. That he plays within himself. Yep. I don't know I don't know if he's maybe trying to, try to maybe mould him into Scott Brown's role. That's what it looks like to me. You know, He's very much... Went for being an attacking midfielder to almost being a Scott Brown clone for me, and I think he's got more than that. You know, I think the reason Bruni plays that way is because he's thirty five now. You think of Scott Brown as a young kid; he was box to box. Callum, as Barry says, I agree hundred percent. I knew Callum since he's a kid, talented, talented boy, and it kills me. Honestly, it does. When see when I see him get the ball, he passing it to centre halves and fullbacks because he's so much better than that. Leave that to guys like me to do that because I'm hopeless. <laughs> but but Callum McGregor's a guy that can batter the ball through the lines he can run forward with the ball he should be dominating games for Celtic and I agree 100% I just think when you've got a guy like Scott Brown sitting next to you you know he's not going to run forward just gives you a licence you know get in the box 
Go and score 10 to 15 goals a season for Celtic. So Mikey, it's not that you don't appreciate Callum McGregor, you know what he does, you know what he's got, he's a, he's a top player, uh, as, as we all agree, but do you think that, that there's you can get a good bit more out of him as well? I definitely, I think um, he'd be pretty safe to say he's probably Celtic's most viable player after mm. Edward. Um, so I think, I think Saiz kind of made a fair point there, where he can maybe play the role he's playing just now, just as well as he could 10 years from now, but I think... What, 27 maybe 28 you could definitely play in more intensity kind of high up the park yeah. is, he, is he the captain in waiting as, as well as being prepared for Scott Brown's position yeah. in the team is he also the next captain for do you what, think for what I believe and I speak to people I think Callum McGregor will be the Celtic captain when Scott Brown goes and that, that is my worry that he is maybe trying to not be like Brownie because I, I think he's got more of his game than that but he sees himself as that leader who maybe sits behind the ball and, and organises things in front of him and like I said when you're 32 and 33 that's fine go and do that but just now you're in the peak of your you're in the peak of your think of guys like Paul Scholes even Fergie Gerrard these guys were box to box midfielders it wasn't like going getting the ball off a centre back and passing it to a full back it was, it was dominating games it was running forward it was scoring goals it was setting up goals and like I said we didn't think he was capable we wouldn't be asking for it I know he can do it I've seen him doing it um, I just want Callum McGregor to be that main guy for Celtic who everything goes through and it's positive all the time because he's good enough to do it is, is, is this possibly a byproduct of too many midfield players at Celtic are trying to fit them all in trying to make it all work trying to find the right position for all of them for me Callum McGregor's the most complete mm. in the Celtic midfield if you ask me so there's got to be a place in the midfield for him um, I, it would be interesting to hear Callum's feelings on the way that he plays um, as I say is we, we, when you watch him I, I, I honestly believe there's so much more to come out of him um, he can go back and fill that role Rob in five or six years he as I said I mean he can go and dictate a game there's, there's no doubt he can do it um, and he can play the they through passes they, they passes into the, the, the forwards he can do it all day long and also he can score so you do uh, wonder though, Barry. If he is, you, you make a great point there. You, you never know. He could be asked. He could be getting asked to play like that way. Yeah, I, I think so tactical now. You know. Yeah, but I think that is a, a yeah. one of the reasons. I, I I do think when a manager does ask you, you don't want to turn around to the manager and say, "I don't want to do that," because obviously the, the boy wants to play. Mm. But I do think it may be becoming from the coaching staff. This is the way we want you to play. I think if you let the reins off him, you've got a a player that will go up a level. Yeah. Because that's the reason why there's Premier League clubs been looking at him. I agree with, with Mikey. After Edward, he's the guy that's worth probably the most money in that Celtic squad. OK, I think we're all singing the same song sheet on that one. Mikey, what's your second point? I, well, the second point, I was, I was more just that I wanted to kind of speak to Barry, kind of the position of kind of Kelty Hearts. Um, probably if it wasn't for the coronavirus, he'd have probably played in a playoff to get in League 2. Probably a good chance of winning that. Um so we kind of thought some kind of the lower leagues. Do you reckon maybe ten years from now, teams like Kelly Hearts, Bonnyrigg Rose, East Kilbride, even further down the pyramid, Auchinleck, uh, Clydebank, Bank, and that? Do you reckon that will be a, a new look, kind of League One, League Two in Scotland, where a lot of these teams that maybe aren't the most ambitious at the bottom, in the senior ranks now will eventually just kind of fall down in the pyramid scheme, and all these teams will now come up? Or do you reckon it will be a bit of a struggle for? these kind of teams in the pyramid to go up and stay up 
Great question. Barry, can, I, can you just hold the answer for two ticks? Because I'm no going to give you the, Celt- give you the Celtic team because that's just come through um, from Paisley. Uh, this is the Celtic lineup tonight. These are the players. We'll put them in a formation for you in a second. But it's Barkas in goals in terms of defenders. We've got Shane Duffy. Uh, we've got Chris Ayer. And we've got uh, Hatem Elhamed. So presumably that's going to be the three. Yeah. Um, Greg Taylor will be wing back on the left. James Forrest wing back on the right. Uh, then we've got Christie, McGregor and Brown and we've got uh, Odson Edouard and Patrick Klamala. So that sounds about it, doesn't it? A 3-5-2 with the Klamala starting for Celtic tonight. I'll, I'll have just have a quick look at the subs to check if Ayeti's available. Yeah, he is. So so Neil Lennon is, you know, side-shaking <laughs> his head here, but um, he's obviously using Ayeti sparingly. He's obviously because he's on the bench tonight. <sighs> Listen... I don't want to tell Neil Lennon how to do his job because I've, he's much more experienced than me but I just find that I have to believe that a guy who scored three goals in 56 minutes is going to be sitting on the bench tonight. I mean I, I see he's a player I mean I, if I'm playing and I'm scoring three goals and I'm sitting on the bench I'm cha- I'm, tomorrow morning I'm going to Lennox Town I'm chatting the don't asking why I'm not playing yeah. I mean for me when I'm playing in a team I know I've done a play anywhere near that level but I hate when a manager chops and changes all the time Mikey what are you thinking about that team? I um, pull again, game Simon. I think uh, you're definitely wanting to get in the team, especially with team players throughout the weekend. I don't know how you'd want to kind of change it. Um, man was obviously, as you're saying, the kind of start of the show. It's a tough place to go, so I don't know why you'd be um, messing about a bit too much. Quite happy, I've been quite happy to have seen the same team rolled out again from Ross from the weekend to play again tonight. And again, if you're going to make changes, surely the 35 year old Scott Brown would be the one that you would maybe give a wee rest and put. David Turnbull Seems like he's going to play every game doesn't yeah. it the way it's going at the moment I'll give you the thing for those of you screaming at the radio at the moment and saying what about Sam Mirren here's the Saints team for tonight Bobby's Lamal there probably wasn't any great competition for that position in the Saints team at the moment with their keeper crisis so it's Lamal in goals um, not information this but uh, Tate Shocknessy McCarthy Sam Foley the captain McGrath uh, Marias Connolly Fraser Erwin and Erahon uh, that is the 11 which starts for uh, St Mirren tonight Barry uh, quite some time ago we had that question uh, for you um, from Mikey yeah it's a great question and I honestly believe the teams that are in the pyramid um, the teams that Mikey's just mentioned certainly in our Lowland League Rob and I don't know if Sai knows too much about it there's certainly four or five teams that can Mm. easily easily go up and compete at League 1 if not um, sorry League 2 if not League 1 Um, in terms of you've seen the, the teams that have come uh, down that have been relegated Berwick Rangers East Stirling they've struggled to get mm-hmm. back up so that's how competitive competitive it is in the pyramid system um, but I do believe there's a, a hell of a lot of clubs that have got clear ambition um, and got the drive and determination to make sure they, they get up into the, the leagues but they make it so difficult in the pyramid system mm. I mean even if you win the league you've still got to go through two playoffs even get into the SPFL I don't think that's fair if you've got a pyramid system I think there's got to be an open door for you if you do win the league you go automatically up and whoever finishes uh, rock bottom of league 2 gets relegated but there's a lot of ambitious teams certainly that are I've put a lot of hard earned money into it not just into the, the players but the in terms of their stadiums and whatever we, we go and visit there's some Tidy, tidy stadiums. Mm, yeah. There's a lot of investment into the infrastructure of clubs, so it is really competitive. There's a lot of teams that could easily make that step up. Mikey, Mikey are you happy with the answers to your, 
to your two-part question? I definitely. I just don't Good man, good man. Thanks for calling the Go Radio Football Show. All the best to you. And we go next to Jake, who's a, a Dundee fan. Hi, Jake. Hi, how you doing? Good, thanks. What would you like to say? Um, I just want to ask Simon how he uh, how he felt playing against the best player in Scotland last night in Finley Roberts. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I'm not just saying this, Jake. We we done really well last night. Eh? Dundee shaped up yeah, in a four four two, which. I've not really seen Jazza play quite a lot quite tell, pally tell, tell Jake the honest truth that you told me and Rob that you hey, ran Finley. the show I ran the show uh, hey. and nobody could get near <laughs> you no you <laughs> ask Paul I actually had one of my better games but not even like the, the, the boy Finlay Robertson I agree mate I've, I've seen him play a few times and he looks like a right prospect but again for me you know last night a lot of passing to, to centre backs and full backs that was the difference yeah. between him and Graham Dorns you know you, every time Graham Dorns gets the ball his head's up he's looking to pass forward He's looking to set up goals. He's looking to play the ball into striker's feet. Now, Glisson Finlay Robertson's only 17 year old, and one thing that he has got going for him is that he's going to be learning off of guys like Graham Dones and now Charlie Adams. But one thing I've got got to say for the kid, mate, is he, he grafts, isn't he? You can tell he's a hard worker. You know, he works really hard. Played 90 minutes. He seems to me like he's got a great attitude, a good kid who wants to learn. So I'm expecting big things for him. But I just hope he's not one of these kids that are going to be the old backwards and sidewards. Because as anyone who listens to me knows, it's my pet hate. I really is. Even like, I always think in a friendly as well, and you know, a friendly against Peter Head, go and go and express yourself. That's what I keep saying to players as well. Go and don't be fear. But see when you get into that final third, go and try things. Yeah. Go and express yourself, and that's what too many kids play within themselves. What you but I, I seen Sorry, that young young boy a, a few times last year on uh, uh, TV, yeah. and he looked. Obviously, physically, I don't think he's there yet, but you could see there's... Yeah, he's a talented kid. Uh, uh-huh. There's potential in the, mm. the young man. Jake, promotion, what do you think? I would bite your hand off for a second um, yeah. at the moment. But I think with the addition of Adam, I think it's a lot more of a possibility than it was. I think we lacked a bit of creativity in the midfield. I know you're talking about Dordans just there, but there was games where he'd go missing so that'd be where probably Adam would step in so if you've got those two playing, spraying the passes and then Robertson doing the graft then I think we've got a good sort of spine there Yeah again you say he goes missing to what, what do you think the difference between Graham Dorn's going missing and Charlie Adams going missing in that league? Well I think um, I don't know I think Adams just got that bit more quality than Dorn's personally Right um, from, from what I've seen um, well we read him last year and stuff he was um, still. He still got it, and uh, I'd say he was at a higher level than than Doran's at both their peaks. Yeah, if that makes sense. Jake, th- thanks for your call, and uh, all the best to you, and all the best to Dundee yeah. when the season gets up and running again. Just a quick word before we go to the break. Uh, Steve McGinn to Hibs, Sai, which will mean that all three brothers have now played for St Mirren and Hibs when he when he does play. I need to get his agent's number. <laughs> what a move that is, man. He, he Surely he wore a mask when he was signing there because he has stolen a move. Uh, nah, so, he's, so he's going to be doing a bit of coaching as well yeah. as playing. I played with Stephen at Dundee. Great lad. you know. And again, I think in a dying breed in, in, in the game and I think Jack Ross knows that is Stephen McGinn will put demands on young players at Hibs and uh, you can never have enough of them at your club. Uh, good understanding of the game. Likes to talk football. Uh, and again, if, if if Hibs are struggling in the middle of the pitch, Stephen McGinn could go in there and do a job. So, great move for him, as I've said already. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I think about the dressing room, he'll be, he'll be invaluable at Hibs. 
Right, we've got lots to get through between now and seven. We're just about to do that. We're going to hear more from Stephen Gerrard, hear from Keith Lasley as well uh, about those European ties up and coming. The Bull Radio Football Show. El Hamed and uh, Klimala both starting for Celtic tonight in Paisley against St Mirren. Kickoff just over an hour away in that uh, rearranged Premiership game. Albion Yeti is on the bench. David Turnbull is among the subs as well. Olivier in Cham, uh, Size Pal, Mo El Yanusi is uh-huh. on the bench. Jeremy Frimpong, Bain, Julian and Beaton Soro as well, giving you the Celtic and St Mirren starting lineups. European football coming our way tomorrow night. Three big matches in the Europa League qualifiers. Talk about those in a minute, but let's hear from Rudy, who is a Hibs fan. Hi, Rudy. How are we doing? Good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. What would you like to say? Uh, I just wanted to ask you guys what their thoughts on how COVID already has and will affect fixtures this season. Obviously, we've seen with what happened with St Mirren, like three keepers getting put and yeah. uh, Gogic for Hibs the other week there um, I've just because obviously last night as well you've seen Annan Athletic and Queen of the South had a match cancelled due to a few cases for Annan so just yeah. what the guys thought Yeah and right at the top of the show we were speaking about what the chaos might be coming our way in the League Cup Barry as well Yep yeah, and I, do you know what I, I think it's going to happen throughout in, until we, we get rid of this virus Rob that, that's the sad thing about it it's a virus that's going to spread Um and it is worrying what we don't want is to cancel games because yeah. we don't need a backlog of games Rob we're, we're, we're already squeezing a certain amount of games into a, a small period of time um, but there's nothing you can do if a player does contract that there's rules and regulations in place um, and we need to just go on with it but I just hope it doesn't come at the stage where we need to stop football again because I worry for some yeah. clubs surviving even last night when you you play that first game, you're at den, you get the bug. You know what I mean? You, mm-hmm. you kind of wait for your next game again, and you're just praying. Getting the bugs maybe not the ideal phrase, but I know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. But you're <laughs> just wait, buzz. you're actually waiting for it to. You are waiting for it uh-huh. to stop. It's scary. You know what I mean? You're just waiting for that text to say, "Listen, lads, the next game's cancelled, and we're dreading it." So, but the one thing I will say is that the protocols that are in place for me, they've done it. They've done it to the top of the, that they can. You know, yep. the way that we've been. Emails constantly, constantly getting to updated and and procedures that we need to we need to go through in the friendly games. So we're on the we're on the right road. We're doing the, the right things. We just hope that as Barry says that this virus will go away. But scary, man, isn't it? As it is worrying. Um, and uh, listen, I, I just think I just think sorry, clubs might need to suck it up if they do lose two or three players. Yeah. They just need to maybe the go on ends it. this month, Barry. Didn't it? Yeah, I think it's the end of October. October is it right? Um, yep. So, and then what happens? So, if you're not getting fans in, how are you paying? How are clubs going to be paying players' wages? I don't know. That's something that I've kind of briefly spoke to the club about. Um, you need to get we, your wallet. If we <laughs> if we don't get fans through the door, yeah. we're um, we could struggle throughout the season. Being we're, we're just not the only club. I think a lot of the clubs at part time level will struggle. Yeah, Rudy, what are you thinking yourself? Um, are we going to have to weather another storm coming up? Yeah, I think obviously we've got to be realistic. Just obviously, obviously it was what it is. But I think fans are obviously going to be arguing with each other about how fair it is because obviously some men were made to play the game. Even Hibs had a false negative with Gogic. Do you know what I mean? So he didn't even get positive. Yeah. Um, I don't even think. I think the third choice, the men keeper, didn't even test positive either. I think it was just more risk of just being around the other two. Yeah. What was um, the, what was the big what was the big thing that why was there such such a big deal made about St Mirren having to play in no Hibs with Gogic 
Well, that, 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 there are inconsistencies, aren't there? Yeah. Um, because, I mean, Jack Ross wasn't happy at the time about how that was dealt with, how it was communicated, because he was a big miss, and that was a game, of course, that you lost to Aberdeen, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I don't think, I mean, deep down, I, I don't think Jack would use that as an excuse. Listen, Gogic's a big player, don't get us wrong. He's... No, I, I don't think he used it as an excuse, Barry, but, but he, you know, he did say... Let, let's keep the communication lines clear Let, let's be yeah, vet, transparent with everything th- there's a grey area mm. that's what the managers are clearly saying um, like St Mern I feel for Jim three goalkeepers out he has to bring would a guy you, would you have postponed it? no, no listen okay. you, you, for, for the reasons stated because we just have to play these we've games we've got to play but yeah. we, we can't have any more yeah. games um, called off Rob or we're going to come into a major issue um, I understand the frustrations with Jim with the three goalkeepers but you got a goalkeeper who's been training the last three weeks mm. with Hearts he's got plenty of experience playing in the Premier League I know he's only met his teammates an hour or two before the game but I, I, again I wouldn't use that as an excuse it's no ideal we, nobody wants to see this happening but to get the games played Sometimes we might need to suffer a bit. Yeah, we can't have it both. Managers can't have it both ways. You know, you can't be saying we did, but can't cancel games. Then you're wanting games cancelled. We just need to put. Oh, this is the times. Yeah. You know, it's uncertain times. We just need to go on with. It. And I agree with Barry. You know, I think the goal that they've got is better than the goal that they got in for Hearts is better than the three goals that they've got. Um, I, I think Gogic is a bigger miss to Hibs than than what the goal is at Saint Man. I didn't think that there was as much made of the Hibs one than has been yeah. for the. Yeah, Saint but I, I think the only frustration with the Hibs one was that they couldn't train the day before Four. the game. Yeah. Also, that's it's a specialist position as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can you can replace an outfield player a hell of a lot easier than you can a go, goalkeeper. No, no you know, the guy's played for Czech Republic. <laughs> you know, the guy that they've got, yeah. and he's not he's yeah, not yeah. Scuddy or a young guy. But Sai, you you know, the most important is the day before the game. You do your shape. Yeah. Didn't wait, wait, much wait, wait. No, I'm talking about Gogic. Gogic, yeah, I agree. That, yeah, that's where they think that yeah. they, obviously Jack couldn't get them on the training ground and go through what system they were going to uh, play or what they were maybe going to go down a different route that was a frustration I think that Jack had OK let's let's batter on Rudy thanks for your call cheers Rudy thanks for getting in touch with the Go Radio Football Show um, let's talk Motherwell for a moment because they've got that big European game coming up uh, we're going to hear from Stephen Gerrard as well in a minute but uh, on the show last night we had uh, Alan Campbell the Motherwell midfielder he was great what a start to the season he's had that is something I've been trying to work on in my game just um, you always look at the start of the season what you can improve on and I think that's an area in my game that I'd like to try and um, keep improving on and now it's been good to get a couple of goals this season hopefully I can keep getting in the box and try to get some more Stephen Cragen uh, was his coach at under 20 level during that phase he survived that Alan Campbell he came through Craig's coaching <laughs> which uh, speaks volumes for him only joking uh, but Craig's was raving about his attitude last night and uh, singing from the same song sheet is assistant manager Keith Lasley and that young boy's attitude to football is, is second to none and I literally you know none I can't remember playing with a player being involved with a player it shows as much dedication to his craft and that lad does and it's a pleasure to coach him it's a pleasure to see his journey from a young boy of 15 all the way through to now uh, and I really think the sky's the limit for that boy just down his sheer will to improve and will to succeed in this game it's, and you know we just see him getting better and better on a daily basis Barry plays in your position how highly do you rate Alan Campbell? I like him he's been under the radar obviously with, with Turnbull um, being there um, but every time I've seen him Rob he's impressed me but it's refreshing to hear Keith Lasley say that I, I heard Craig say the same thing that his dedication mm. it's great that the guy he's wanting to go as far as he can and for players like that to go and 
uh, train day in day out put everything into it the, these guys deserve to go as high as possible um, he's certainly got the potential um, as I say as he's added I heard the interview last night as well that's something that he's working on is adding goals to his game I think that's three goals two yeah. with Muddle one with under that's 21s right. yeah. fantastic finish it was a great yeah. striking on Saturday um, so I, I, I think there'll be plenty of clubs watching him closely and then I wouldn't be surprised come the end of the season that he might move on but that, that Muddle will know that that's yeah. the type of club Muddle yeah. are they produce that's success for them isn't it as they, they've got a really good youth system they produce always two or three each season out of that um, out of their, their youth team um, and they understand that that's the way they operate the manager's always open about it that you may need to change every season look to bring new players in but Alan Campbell certainly somebody who has impressed me when I've seen him For Campbell and Motherwell it's Coleraine in the Europa League qualifiers tomorrow night Keith Lasley knows it's not going to be easy I think the result you see they got in the last round away to Maribor who are a well versed European side in both the Champions League and the Europa League so you know, we watched that game as part of an analysis. We know that they are a determined side, you know, like Lentoran, as you mentioned. And I think it did take to the last, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour for, uh, you know, eventually we, we really got on top in the match. So, you know, we expect nothing less. We think it's going to be a tough game. Uh, you know, they'll be very organised, especially on their own patch, obviously. So, uh, you know, we, we know what we're up against, but hopefully that Glentoran game has given us a feel for the, for the game that we're going into. We know we're going to have to be our best. Yeah, we want Motherwell to do well. We want all the Scottish teams to do well so that we can get ourselves up those rankings. I think it's vitally important you strip it back to the coefficient and things like that. But I just think for the you know the feeling surrounding the game, you know, I think uh, for ourselves, for Aberdeen, uh, for Rangers, for everybody that's, that's playing this week, it's it's uh, you know it's important that we do get through because our game does take a little bit of a battering at times, you know, rightly so on some occasions. But you know, a lot of the time, um, you know, not for the right reasons. And I think there is a lot of good things happening in Scottish football. So you know, the more we can progress, hopefully that adds to that narrative. And um, you know, certainly we're hopefully uh, you know going to do our bit on Thursday. We're a bit delayed because of COVID this season. It's not normally now that we're having these sort of conversations about coefficient and stuff like that side, but it's so crucial that these teams uh, make an impression in Europe and, and get us get us up the, the rankings. Just quickly on Alan Campbell, even just his interview, you can just tell he's an infectious character, didn't you? And do you know what I like? That he doesn't think he's the finished article. I think he's played over 100 games now and he's still setting himself targets, things he can get better at. And a lot of, for me, is the coaching staff and the ex-Motherwell players that will be telling them what it's all about. But definitely, Rob, I mean, Celtic and Rangers, for me, get a batter in, in Europe and Scotland. But over the years, I mean, the teams outside of that need to do better. You know, and I think Aberdeen and Motherwell are in a right good place just now uh, in terms of squads, managers, level the manager, uh, how they're playing. I know Motherwell have, have, have only picked up their first win, but Aberdeen are flying. And it's mm. time that these teams go and, go, and, go and make an impression in Europe because I think they've got the players and, as I say, I think they've got the managers now to, to do it. So we need guys like we need Motherwell and Aberdeen to, to boost the coefficient. We can't just rely on Celtic and Rangers every year to go and do it. So it's time that these guys step up because as I say, I think they're good enough to go and do it. And talking about Rangers, it's Lincoln Red Imps in Gibraltar for them uh, tomorrow afternoon. Here's Stephen Gerrard. Um, we're here to do a job, we're here to be professional. Um, I want the players to really show strong mentality. You know, we've had two excellent runs in this competition over the last two years. Uh, you have to come to places like this in the qualifying and do a professional job. Um, get over the line and, and get in the next round That's and maybe the best thing for Rangers is what happened to Celtic uh, when Brendan Rodgers took his team to Gibraltar and it all went horribly wrong and Celtic turned it around of course in the second leg no second leg this time it's a one-off but Rangers go there Barry well warned 
Yeah, listen, I know they had a great result against Celtic a few years back um, but look, Rangers should take care of this see, they go in with the right attitude and, and mentality there shouldn't be a problem if they think they're going to go out there and, and just turn up and make things happen it's not going to work that way um, the confidence Rangers are in the players that they've got I don't see any problems whatsoever, Rob It was uh, nice of you to give me a shot there, yacht Rangers at your yacht, I think <laughs> uh, I wish I wish what about Alfredo Morelos? Could he play? I wonder tomorrow. Yeah, we'll make that decision when when we need to. Um, but in terms of his fitness, he is available. He's trained fully with the group. Uh, trained with the physio yesterday just to clear a few things and just to test it out. And I've just spoke to him after training, so he's fine and available. So by the time we are talking on this show tomorrow, that game will be well underway. I think it's a four o'clock kickoff our time tomorrow in Gibraltar. Lincoln Red Imps against Rangers. Good luck to Rangers, Motherwell and Aberdeen tomorrow night. It's all about St Mirren and Celtic tonight. That's kicking off now in less than an hour in Paisley. The Go Radio football show returns tomorrow between five and seven. The Go Radio football show. Let's go.